Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. We love Tuesdays around here where we get to wake up and study God's Word. We're still in the book of Proverbs. We're still out there with you. With me, as always, my friend Stephanie. Uh, she picked on me a little bit musically on the last podcast, but I I think we might escape that on this podcast. But anyway, yeah. with you, all... You, you know it's a sign that, that we're friends, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I... You know, abuse, abuse always comes that way. You know, <laughs> People, she's not abusing me. I do mess up song words. Uh, I've been accused of that my entire life. I mean, I was, four, I was four years old getting yelled at by my mommy for singing the wrong words to boot off the window. Anyway, that's sad when I sound better like Daffy Duck than I do as a natural person. Uh, but Stephanie, so, uh, here we go. We're going through the book of Proverbs. We sure are learning a lot and seeing what God's wisdom has for us. And, um, I love being in the book of wisdoms here. And I, I love, I love, uh, that we're talking about keeping God's commandments, learning his commandments, uh, understanding what God has for us. We just came through the first portion, but before we get going, before we jump in too far, we have our segment of you might be a knucklehead if, and today is Stephanie's turn. So Stephanie, you might be a knucklehead if. Well, considering our pre-podcast topic of shortage of canned pumpkin, I just want to say that you're a knucklehead if you'd rather stay at home and live off government money than go, go work a job like God intended you to. Yeah, that whole pumpkin shortage stuff, people. I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm freaking out about that. I was able to get three big cans on Walmart.com. Now there's going to be out. I Daniel always makes us an apple pie, and so we always have pumpkin and apple pie on Thanksgiving. Then we have creme brulee on Christmas. We usually have a pie then too, or some kind of other dessert. But I was in the store yesterday, and the store manager actually came out and was packing Debbie and my bags, and we were standing there talking with him, her. And she made the comment. She said that, you know, the only shortage, I said, what kind of shortages are we going to have for Thanksgiving? And she said, well, the only shortage hitting our country right now is pumpkins. So for pumpkin pie, canned pumpkin or pumpkin pies. So folks, we give you this warning. You may have to, if you can find a pumpkin pie, eat that bad boy and remember the recipe. I was going to say, just go the old fashioned way. Yeah. Process a pumpkin. I mean, that's. Bake it. I enjoy doing yeah, scrape it out, add some vanilla, add some nutmeg. I mean, put some sugar and egg in that bad boy and make yourself a pumpkin pie. Just remember okay. to put on one part pumpkin pie, seven parts whipped cream. But anyway, I didn't <laughs> want to get in the way of Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie used the, the knucklehead, go to work so we get pumpkin. 
So what now knowing that, Stephanie, and I agree with that. I think if you look up knucklehead, it's people who aren't delivering pumpkin. But next, uh, coming out of the shoot here, Stephanie, is where we things we don't say or do to people with PTSD. Well, Doug, um, I appreciated I, something you never do is be insensitive. Um, yeah. And that can involve multiple realms, but um, our evangelist that we have here right now for our revival meetings, um, his Sunday school message was out of Psalm 34. And obviously that's a very precious Psalm to me. Um, it's my life Psalm. It's, it's full of just, I liked it before, but at, since Charles died, it's obviously one of those really precious ones. That's extra special. If I can say that with all reverence, um, but anyway, he preached out of it. It was a huge blessing. And afterwards we were talking and he said something that was so sweet to me. He said, he's like, I really struggled with this morning preaching that. He said, I didn't want to trigger anything. I didn't want to say something that would, that would be hard for you. And I appreciated that, that, that he cared enough that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hard for me at all. And I assured him of that. I, I assured him it was a blessing to me. Um, but I so appreciated that he was sensitive to that, that he was sensitive knowing that that Psalm held a lot of, um, memories, so to speak, um, because, you know, that's a Psalm that talks about the angel of the Lord and camping and knowing, you know, history of what happened in Cameroon. He's like, I just didn't want to trigger memories or things that would be hard for you. And that just meant a lot to me that he cared enough about something like that. And so when you're working or around someone who has PTSD, don't be insensitive in things you say. Don't, don't crack jokes that are not a joke to the person who has PTSD. Be sensitive to um, what they've been through or to shutting up. If you can see in their countenance that whatever you just said, you know, was a caused a wound, you know, just being sensitive to those things is, is huge. It'll go a long ways. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. And, and it kind of, you know, all these go hand in hand with what we're talking about every day and really be a kind person. And if you're kind, you won't be insensitive. You'll be yeah. sensitive. And, and so that's a really good one. I like that. I like the way that all came together and, and folks, you know, being kind doesn't, doesn't take a lot to be kind. It, it really doesn't. It just, you change over from being a knucklehead to being godly. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think that's a big part of our lives. You know, those of us who deal with PTSD, those of us who've dealt with issues, those of us who've been through things, we hurt so bad. Sometimes it's almost like, and I think it's unconscious. I don't think Stephanie, people walk around and say, you know, I'm going to be mean today or I'm having a bad day. You know, why do these people not have to deal with junk like this? They're, they're knuckleheads, they're idiots. They, but they, and, but then God, we have God. Yeah. And then, so we get to be kind, even in our hardest days, even to the people that it's easiest to be mean to, you yeah. know, uh, I, I, you know, our spouses, our families, it's easy to be mean to them, unfortunately, or it's easy to be mean to people we don't know. God wants us to be kind yeah. and, uh, he wants us to be sensitive, not insensitive. So that, that was really good. It sparked some conversation. Now we're in the book of Proverbs and I, I'm glad we're doing this things to watch out for, uh, things you don't say or do to people with PTSD. I think it's really helpful. 
And so we're in chapter 7 of the book of Proverbs, starting in 5, and we're going to try to bite off that section of 5 through 9, that they may keep uh, thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I look through my casement. And behold, among us simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went away to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black, in the dark night. There's a lot going on here. He's talking, he, here he is, here's Solomon talking to his son, and he's, he's bringing up this thought that I've seen it happen. People try to sneak away when it's dark and those types of things, and uh, and I think right away here we see this immorality again, Stephanie. And I mean, you're looking yeah. at these verses and I, and I mean, what's coming to your mind when we just went through five through nine? Well, again, you know, verse five gives the reason in this context, why Solomon is challenging his son because Solomon knew the dangers of strange women firsthand. He knew the consequences and I love that it says from the stranger, which flattereth with her words. In other words, you don't really know, but boy, they are going to butter you up. And it doesn't just say a strange woman. It's a, it, it has two, two groups. It says the strange woman. And then it says from the stranger. And I guess that's a warning and a caution to don't get too close to someone you don't know. Yeah. Because they may be making you feel wonderful about yourself. Yeah. But in the end, what's going to be what's going to be the consequence yeah. of being too close to them? And so, um, you know, I I when I read this, quite honestly, I have people come to mind that um I thought were some of my best friends in the world that turned out to be the Judas kind of people. And boy, they sure made me feel good. They would go on and on about how wonderful I was or how wonderful my piano playing was or whatever when we were around other people. But then when the real them came unmasked, watch out. And they were flatterers. And those kinds of people are deadly. Yeah. Very often they're narcissistic um, because they're, they're, they're using you. They have an end goal to use you somehow for themselves, which this passage will get into. And so um, in this reference, it's the strange woman, but strangers that come in and swoop in as God's gifts to humanity, watch out because there's always going to be a string attached. And that's what oh, I see. Yeah. That yeah. I had a, 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 well, I still have them. A very dear friend of mine, uh, made four star in the army and then held high rank in civilian positions in government and stuff. And, um, he was married and, you know, grown children, his wife worked for the government. He, you know, he went on and I, you know, I could call out his name and everybody's heard his name before, but I got to know him when he was a Colonel and a general and things of that nature. And then I saw the terrible fall where this uh, young lady who had been overseas with him, you know, just started flattering him, telling him, you know, what a great looking guy he was, all the difference he was making, being in charge of the military over the, you know, over in that foreign command. And, 
all those different things. Lives were going to be saved. Men were going to be trained. And, and, you know, boy, we could flatter people, can't we? And, and I, and this man had no right, even after being flattered, you look out for those things. And this man's a Christian, but you know, I remember watching him on the news and he made a comment. He only gave like one or two interviews and, and he fell, he fell hard. Um, I think he's a college professor now, and I haven't talked to him since the fall. I knew him prior to that. But I remember um, he made the comment, you know, that this sweet, good-looking young lady kind of showed up at the most opportune times to do the most inopportune things mm-hmm. and said all the right things, made me feel good about myself, and, and, and I fell into the trap. Well, folks, you can't fall into the trap unless you're out walking at night where you shouldn't be walking anyway. Uh, with devoid of understanding, uh, it just doesn't go on. So if you look at those verses and you try to make sense of them, uh, you know, right, right away, I mean, you're looking at this in verse 5, that they keep you from the strange women. The commands will do that. Understanding the commandments, understanding the law will keep you out. You're not going to be out in the middle of the night with the women who are out there. And, and yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, and Solomon says, here I am, I'm looking out the window, I'm seeing these things. And and then it says, for at the window of any house, I looked through my casement and behold, among the simple ones. So he's talking about this guy being a simple guy, not being tuned in. That's why we work so hard with the word of God. That's why we keep our kids in the word of God. That's why we explain things. That's why we go to revivals. That's why we're studying the word of God. That's why we homeschool our children. We want people to know that it's never innocent. You never walk away clean. This isn't as easy as you think it is. And, and behold, among the simple ones, I discovered among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went away to her house, and in the twilight, in the evening, and in the black of the dark night. There's so many things going wrong here in my mind. Um, here's this guy, devoid of understanding. Someone let him down. His parents let him down. His rabbi at that time were obviously in, in the book of Proverbs here. Somebody's let this guy down. And, uh, so we know that he's simple. We know that he's young. We know there's, you know, youth group does matter. Kids yeah. group does matter. Uh, men's meetings do matter when we have a revival and we break out the men from the women and we have a special Saturday or something like that. Those times are important. You want to do them. You want to be part of that. Um, and you know, it goes on. He's saying he's devoid of understanding. He's simple, he's young, but you get understanding. You know, we see that this morning, I think they were talking. um, So what I do is I read my Bible at the same time I listen to my Bible being read on audible. And so this morning, as I was going through it, it it was in Psalm 119. And -hmm. and it's talking about the wisdom uh, by taking our head, you know, by applying this to our head and our heart. And, And, you know, he's on the wrong path. And I mean, we could, there's lots of symbolism in here, Stephanie, but this isn't even symbolism. This is what's going on. This guy's out at night. It's never a good idea to be out when it's pitch black at night. Be walking around the street with no mission. You're not doing a job. You're not picking up garbage. You're not sweeping the streets. You're not working at the mill. You're heading toward the bad woman in house, her house. You start heading to that house. You start heading to strip joints. You start heading to pornography. You start heading to those types of things. And you're going to go down the wrong road. And yeah. so this comes back to yesterday's podcast, which I think is so significant. 
and, you know, keep those commandments, hide them, uh, you know, bind them upon your fingers, write them down on the tablet of your heart. Uh, treat them as if they're a sister that you'd want nothing bad to happen to them. Make them so they're, they're present in your life wherever you go, that you're thinking of these things, you're going through those things. These things matter to you. And you won't end up in the middle of the night. You won't end up in that dark place. And, and Stephanie, you know, I hate to say this, but there's levels of this too. You know, sometimes, well, we, we won't go out at certain times, so we won't do this. But I've, I've dealt with husbands and wives and, and, and things like that where people do this kind of a little bit, you know, where the expectations of our spouse are too great because we're watching the world or thinking about what the world is doing or uh, treating those people we love and married wrong and things of that nature. I mean, I think it all falls together of, <clears throat> you know, we're young ones, but we're supposed to move on from there. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to hide these things in our heart. I, I mean, there's just so many implications here. But I think, I, I just think, I, I don't know, Stephanie, I'm just thinking that, you know, the wise man's not out at night. The wise man's not looking for strange women. The wise yeah. man uh, and I, can discern. I think, yeah. I think in this day and age, um, besides the actual physical going out, quote, unquote, now it's right by your bed. You can't sleep in the middle of the night. And we know that men love darkness rather than light because yeah. their deeds are full. If you can't sleep at night, don't get on the web. Yeah. Because you're not going to end up in a good place. Yeah. Get and, um, you know, the Internet's a great thing, but it's also made evil in this realm yeah. accessible at the drop of a dime. And, you know, there's prominent people who were prominent in the, um, as, you know, TV kind of celebrities that are now facing life in prison because somewhere along the line, they chose to go from being a simple fool that went down this road to a brazen criminal. And so this is very serious. Um, and I think it's imperative as Solomon saw to, to, challenge our sons, challenge our daughters, because it's not just guys, challenge our children, make God your focus, because you cannot be focused. The simple person, the simple man in this passage, made choices along the way to stay simple. He yeah. never applied himself to knowledge. I think that's why laziness fits so much in with this, because um, you and I, you know who I'm talking about, but, yeah. you know, Men that are lazy bums are 99.9% of the time always involved in this kind of sin Yeah, because they go hand in hand. And so to keep our sons diligent, keep them working, um, that they would be learning and studying God's word and his ways and learning character because those are the safeguards. You know, life is work. And so, and a godly life is more work and not because it's us working, but we're letting God work in and through us. And that makes it supernatural. But that's what, that's what life is about is seeing God be God. And the simple person makes a choice to never let God be God in their life. And so that's, I think the, the massive thing I come away with is, is God God in my life? Because if he is, I will not stay a simple person. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lesson here that sometimes <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes physical and sexual maturity is backwards. It comes to us before spiritual maturity comes. Mm 
Yeah. And and so it's so important that you don't hold off to wait for that right time. I know people who try to shelter their kids, but they're not training their kids. Right. <clears throat> you know, we got to train our kids. We, I get that. And, and sheltering, that's cool too. I get that. But I'm here to tell you that they better find spiritual maturity long before they realize about their sexual and physical maturity that's available on every street corner because it is. You know, yeah. it is. It wasn't that long ago I was on the phone with a, a couple where uh, a daughter of one couple and a son of another couple were working at the church together last summer. And uh, uh, they have a baby together now. And, oh, my. And I'm just telling you, folks, they were left alone maybe three times all summer just while someone ran into town to get something. But you know what this comes down to? The whole, the whole thing about this, honestly, is we need to have a maturity of what God expects from us. We need to have the wisdom we're finding here in the Proverbs, and we need to apply that to our lives before we end up on a dark street somewhere. Yeah. It needs to be applied. And and it's not a temporary application. It's not a band-aid. God's word is more than that. It's a way of life. Yeah. It's the way we live because if we if we have this sexual maturity and this physical maturity, man, look what I can do. You know, these things are happening to my body and and young men and women every day are falling into that category. Look what's happening to me. Look where I'm going. Well, you better have some stuff built in there to look what's expected of me. And this is what God expects me to do with my body, with that one person physical relationship, that relationship that's saved from marriage, that relationship that's a gift that belongs to marriage, that relationship that's ordained of God. Everything else is messy. Everything else is sin. Everything else is from the devil. And, you know, you just can't have a little bit of one and a whole lot of another. You just got to have a whole lot of God here. Yeah. And you got to trust in his grace. And I, I think wrapping this up, Stephanie, really, I, I think it comes, I think it's a pretty simple way to look at things, but it's a pretty complex way to live. And it just comes down to training our children. And, you know, folks, we need to take the time to train our children and we need to trust our children. If we train them right, uh, more and more, they're going to be put in situations. They're going to go to youth group meetings. They're going to do things. They're going to have jobs. They're going to go to college, whatever the case may be. But that training better beat that sexual and physical maturity. It better be in there ahead of that. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's all I'm saying. And, and some of you may be listening to me and saying, well, I, you know, it's too late for my kid. Well, it's never too late to turn around and get things right now and say, from this point forward, I'm all in. From this yeah. point forward, I'm going to serve God the way he wants me to. So, so that's kind of what we have for you. 30 seconds or less, Stephanie. Anything you want to add? I think I would add um, two and our Proverbs didn't get into this, but if you have a child who has been simple and who has done something, you know, they sinned, they've done something that they regret, that constant reminder that God is a God of second chances, he is a forgiver, and to not, don't, don't write your child off as they're worthless now, they're, they, they've destroyed, no. God can still bring beauty out of ashes, yeah. and I can do that in lives that messed up and I'd rather have a kid who's messed up, get right with God and stay on fire for God than have a pharisaical hypocrite who just hides it better and never repents. So, um, yeah, let's, let's storm the, let's storm the gates of heaven together through prayer and love and honoring God and, and, and 
God can unscramble these eggs and, and don't put the blame on the other person. If two people had a relationship, the blame goes against two people. Don't say, well, my son never would have done that if he hadn't meant to stop that, cut it out. Yeah. And I know this isn't a place that fits hermeneutically, but let me say this. If somebody's been uh, molested or hurt, don't ever downplay their uh, innocence or, you know, their virginity or something like that. Don't, you know, in the eyes of God, they're as pure as they were when that fool, be it male or female, molested them. Love people, care for people, and let's all go to the throne of grace together and work these things out. And uh, that's what we got to do. We got to train. We got to live. We... We've got to put the horses ahead of the cart. And in this case, the analogy I'm giving you is they better have training on what happens with God theologically, spiritually. They need to yeah. know what's going on before they get to that place of physical yeah. and sexual maturity. Hey, we love you, folks. Uh, make sure you listen to every word Eric has to say. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing more important. And Stephanie and I want you to know that. We want you to get saved. We want you to contact us at Helpful Wounded Spirits if we can do anything to help you. Thank you very much. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.